to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. The show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. Hey, what's going on, my fellow youth workers? I hope that you're uh, having a fine, fine day today. I hope you're crushing it space there today, doing well, getting a lot of stuff done. Uh, you know, and that's the purpose of this podcast. This podcast's purpose is to uh, keep you motivated and to help your ministry keep moving forward. Uh, and that's what I hope to do today. Um, and uh, hey, before we get everything started, uh, I want to encourage you to do a few things. Number one, uh, if you're a, uh, a brand new listener today, I want to say thank you Thank you for checking out this podcast. Uh, I hope that it will uh, serve you well. I hope that the information I'm about to share today uh, will bless you in some way. And uh, and if you find it valuable, if you would just do me a favor, if you, after you listen to it, uh, whether you think it's the greatest thing on earth or you think it is just the worst possible thing ever, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Just give me some stars. Leave some comments. Uh, you know, it, it really encourages me to know that people are listening and then uh, actually responding to the stuff that I'm talking about. It's just, uh, you know, it's just reciprocal, man. It's just, uh, you know, hey, I'm sharing something and then you share something back with me. And I would love your feedback. Uh, if you're a regular, by the way, uh, thanks for joining back and uh, coming back after uh, the last podcast you've heard. I hope that uh, you've been listening along. And uh, also to you, I would ask, would you go to iTunes, leave a review, uh, put some stars in there. It helps other people find the podcast because if you're finding value in it, if you've come back, if this is like your fourth, fifth, sixth time and you've not left a review yet, well, I don't know what to tell you. You're, you're robbing other people then of the knowledge that you are gaining from it. So if you would mind uh, going over there and sharing on iTunes, and uh, just sharing your thoughts and stars as well. I'd appreciate that so much. And uh, so we're going to jump into today, and if you're keeping track, this is uh, excuse number five that we're dealing with. Uh, a few podcasts ago, I, I shared about the 10 excuses that, uh, that youth workers make as to why they can't get things done, why their youth ministry doesn't grow, and there's a thousand other you know, excuses that, uh, that youth workers make, just like anybody else. I'm not calling out just youth workers. I think people in general are addicted to excuses, and excuses are nothing but assassins. Uh, they come in, they kill our dreams and our hopes. And so uh, I want to share with you guys today uh, excuse number five here, and that is this, that I am powerless. Right, youth workers. We're we're not known as the most powerful people in the church. We we may be the most, we may be the loudest, uh, we may be the most flamboyant, we may be uh, the most um, I don't know uh, <laughs> quirky. <laughs> we may be a lot of things, uh, but powerful is not usually uh, a uh, a term that is used to describe us youth workers. And so we uh, revert to saying things like, I am powerless. I cannot change anything. I cannot do anything within my congregation. Uh, I'm not on the board. I don't have a vote. And yet, uh, so many times we use that as an excuse as to why we simply can't get things done. Listen, 
I have been told in various churches and in various ways that I couldn't do certain things, okay? I was told that I couldn't use secular music. I was told uh, I couldn't take kids to such and such places or such and such concerts. Uh, you know, I was told I couldn't rec redecorate the room. Uh, I was told I couldn't do pool parties. Uh, I was told that I really couldn't uh, or, or recommended or uh, suggested to that I not do activities with other churches based on their denominations. Uh, all kinds of crazy things, all of which I thought was the stupidest thing ever and, and still think it's quite stupid. But really, you know, it wasn't my call, and it really wasn't. I mean, as much as we, we don't like the, the decisions that are made above us, uh, that's just the way that is. Now, um, I did lean into that excuse that, uh, that uh, I was powerless. But then, then again, I, I, you know, I used that, but secretly I, I was more, you know, we become ninjas, you know. We become youth ministry ninjas. We sneak around and we try to find ways to subvert the dogma or subvert the, the things we're not allowed to do, the rules we don't like. And listen, I'm not advocating to be rebellious. I'm just saying that that's possibly in our nature, uh, that when people tell us that we can't do something and we think the reasons are unreasonable, we tend to subvert those things and, uh, and to be somewhat countercultural. I think that's built into the life of a youth pastor. I think that's why we became youth pastors, because at some point we, in fact, were countercultural in our younger days, and then uh, we wanted to go still be a part of that and, uh, and lead the revolution, so to speak. And so, you know, uh, after I got through pitching my little fit and blamed everyone for why uh, the ministry couldn't grow, or I would say things like, listen, if you guys would just let me do whatever it is I want to do, um, you know, I, and, and you know, when I, that fell on deaf ears, I just said, look, I'm just, I got to get busy doing what I, what I can do. Okay. I eventually had to stop making excuses that I'm powerless and just go do things right. And do things that I thought were proactive, do things that I thought Jesus would do, do things that I just thought were, were what you should do, even in spite of the circumstances. Um, and listen, staying within the lines is not exactly my style. It's, it's still not my style. But listen, if I wanted to keep ministering in the local church, I had to quit making excuses about being powerless, and I actually had to do something. So the, the, the key then is, what was the weapon that I used to kill this excuse? Because excuses are nothing but assassins. They come along to kill our dreams and goals. And so I said, listen, what am I going to use? What, what is the weapon to kill this? It is collaboration. It is the working together with other people whether that's people in the community or whether that's people within the church or whatever it may be, that is it, it, when, when, when we feel so isolated, when we feel like we're in our own little world, we've got to break out of that and we've got to figure out how to collaborate to get things done, you know? And, and it's true, though. It's true that many youth workers really do have very little control or say so in the direction of their ministries. Um, but the key is this. The, the, what is true is that we do have influence. We do have influence. We can use and leverage that influence uh, in our churches. And, I'm, and by the way, I'm talking about influence, not manipulation. Influence, using our character, our nature, our God-given uh, abilities, our personalities, 
uh, our truth. You know, the fact is that we can be an influence around us. You know, we don't sign the checks or have a vote, but we do have passion and vision. We can talk, we can persuade, we can vision cast, and we can influence the people around us who do have control over the things that we want or need changed. Now, real power is is not about having full control of everything, okay? You'll never really have that, and I don't even think senior pastors have that. I mean, many of the senior pastors are run by boards and other things like that. But, um, but real power, according to uh, Dr. Keltner in his book, The Power Paradox, which is a phenomenal book, by the way, about power, is this, is that the, the, the definition of real power is altering the state's of others, right? Their state of being, altering that thing, you know, and this can be done. Listen, you know, when you, when somebody, when you tell somebody they can come into a room and they just light up the room, guess what? They have real power because they're altering the states of others. They bring things like uh, joy and surprise and kindness. And that's the same thing we can do. We can bring uh, that kind of influence uh, as we walk through our day and be able to influence the people around us. Um, you know, I was a big proponent of, you know, the first way, right? The first way we try to get things done is through force. Okay. And we say, I'm going to force my way through. I'm going to argue my way through. I'm going to argue people down. I'm going to, I'm going to bring people down. I'm going to expose their fallacies. And then I'm going to argue my point and I'm going to win. And the problem with that is that that's not real power. That is simply a beat down, a mental beat down where we're, we're struggling and fighting. It's like dogs wrestling over a bone and nobody really has power in that situation. It's just chaos. It's just people uh, arguing and fighting and selfishness and all those things. And in reality, true power is through joy, surprise, kindness, love, the things that are going to bring uh, real power uh, where it changes the state of being. It changes uh, people's minds and hearts. And I'd make, listen, I did it. I made every argument in the book as far as to why my way was the right way. And be honest with you, I changed very little hearts or minds. I just did. But what Keltner goes on to say is in his book that power is not is given, not grabbed, and shares how power is given. He, you know, Keltner uses word, uh, uses the word groups there, right? But we can easily and safely include the word church in his example. So let me kind of break down some of the points uh, that he offers us and what we can, you know, draw from this. Uh, groups give us power to, to those. Groups give power to those who advance the greater good, right? So if you say, you can say church, the church, the church body gives power to those who advance the greater good or advances the mission of the church. Now, for too long, I fought for the rights of youth ministries. I would fight. I was the I was the advocate. I was the the chief instigator. And basically, I saw myself as basically the only uh, advocate for the youth ministry. And I raised my voice when I thought we were being you know disrespected or I felt like we weren't being heard. And I'm not saying that's not that's not necessarily wrong all the time. Uh, but what I was trying to do, it, I was going about it the wrong way. I was trying to grab power. I was trying to snatch power from from the people who I thought were you know holding it tight within their hands. And what I didn't understand was that I didn't take into account uh, that basically I was a selfish knucklehead, 
And, uh, you know, I didn't think of the church as a whole. I simply focused on the youth ministry and what I wanted and what I wanted, you know, uh, everybody else to do because of it, you know, because I was the youth pastor and because of the youth of the church, you know, uh, needed this or needed that. You know, it wasn't until I got my thinking unstuck and started to do what was best for the whole and not just for me that I experienced really the true power, right? I didn't, power goes to those who advance the greater good. In the church world, that could be said as though power is given to those who advance the mission, and that is the mission of the whole church and not just the mission of the youth ministry. And that's such a key point that if we can wrap our heads around that uh, and, and quit trying to snatch power and quit making excuses why we, we can't do what we're supposed to do, if we simply get on board, I, listen, I know this sounds like, um, you know, that I'm, I'm just advocating that we all get in line and become yes men. I'm really not. I'm really talking about changing our tactics from, you know, complaining about what we don't have and using the influence we do have through through vision, through uh, influence, through all these things to be able to say, look, let's tell a better story. Let's not make the story about a disrespected, downtrodden youth ministry. Let's make the story about uh, we can offer something, and we can we can we can propel the mission and the vision of the church and the body of Christ. Uh, and and people seeing that, it will certainly that if we do that. People will certainly see our influence and see that we're on board with those things. And then slowly but surely, power starts to shift because we're not seen as the enemy. We're not seen as the the, the people running around uh, shooting fire arrows and trying to burn the church down through through selfish activity. We're, we're trying to do something else. We're trying to show them the rest of the congregation, whoever the people are, maybe in your church, who are, are the power holders, uh, and we're saying, look, we're, we're we're trying to do and forward the mission. We're trying to forward uh, what it is you're trying to put forth. We just want to put it forward in our own way and put our own little spirit to, uh, you know, our own uh, twist to it. And this leads me to principle number two: groups reward those who advance the greater good with status and influence, status and influence. So in other words, the church will reward us, those who advance the greater good, with status and influence. In other words, the more I asked, what can the youth do to further the church's vision, message, and principles? The more more that I asked that question, the more I was seen as a team player and less of a rabble rouser less of a troublemaker, you know, what can, you know, the, 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 the change of attitude, the change of that created a power shift that said, look, we're willing to trust this guy. We're willing to help this guy move this forward because he wants to move the whole thing forward. And ultimately that's my plan. That's the goal. The goal isn't to just tear down the structure or do the things. Remember, we all have roles, responsibilities. We have jobs, you know, we're hired for a reason. And it doesn't matter. This works, by the way, whether you're paid full-time or whether you're bivocational or whether you're a volunteer. The principle is the same. If we'll simply say, what can we do? What can the youth do? How can we get on board with this? How can we collaborate with other ministries? How can we collaborate with the, the church body at large instead of trying to be our own entity and, uh, and be able to do that? And the more I committed to being a tim- team player, and not a dangerous outlier that could upset the apple cart, the more responsibility I was given, the more my opinion mattered, the more I heard yes instead of no, 
And for a youth pastor, this kind of power is like gold. It's it's like, you know, uh, it, it, listen, my youthful passion costs me quite a bit of gold, let's say, okay? When, we, when you start getting the gold, and the gold is that influence, that gold is where your opinion matters, that gold is so much more. Uh, than what we could imagine. You know, you, I started to think back, and boy, I lost a lot of gold, man. A lot of gold got left in them thar hills. And uh, and that leads me to the last part here. The, 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 the good use of power leads to the principle number three, and that is groups construct reputations that determine the capacity to influence. Groups construct the church, right, that we construct reputations that determine the capacity to influence. In other words, uh, within the context of the church, we are judged based on our reputations. We're either, you know, we're either people who help solve problems or we're people who who start problems, <laughs> you know? We're either the problem makers or the problem solvers. And uh, And for too long... You know, my negative actions, my my ability to create problems for the church or, or for my pastor or for my supervisor, my negative actions had built me a reputation. And although I had skills, I didn't have any power. You know, I was the, the uh, a talented monkey playing with matches, you know, and I had to basically uh, had to rebuild my reputation and to change what it meant to have, instead of trying to grab power, I had to influence, I had to change my, my, my way of this and figure out how to collaborate with people. Um, you know, uh, Benjamin Franklin once said, it says, it takes many good deeds to build a good reputation and only one bad one to lose it. And so we have to guard our reputation as youth workers, as not just youth workers, but as leaders of youth. We have to guard our reputation, you know? You know, I had not only lost my reputation, I had buried it just through my own cantankerous ways, it, just through my own ability to, you know, want to poke my finger in the eye of authority just for fun, just because I could. Uh, and that was just wrong motives. That was youthful indiscretion. That was just youthful hubris there. And I had to get over that to be able to, uh, to be able to move forward. You know, uh, you know, think of it like this way. Like I was a basketball player basically who consistently hogged the ball, uh, tried to make crazy shots with zero results. Right. Uh, uh listen, the team may decide, uh, they need me on the court for defense, but they really don't want to throw the ball to me anymore. And really that's what happens. If we are in a power struggle, we are then moved to the outside of the group, the outside, we become the outsiders, and there's no power, no influence, there's nothing. We're simply on the outside looking in. We are relegated to, uh, you know, pulling off a few events or or doing a little bit of this or that, but we're never going to be included into the fabric of the church if we're, if we're always trying to work against it. Uh, you know, and basically, if you gripe about not getting the ball, Okay, you're you're on your way to being traded. Okay, it's just that simple. Eventually, you, eventually, nobody wants a griper, a complainer, a ball hog on their team, and it just leads to it, it leads to just terrible things that you know you don't want to think about, like you know getting fired and 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 you know losing that you know losing that reputation that you have. Um, Today, I'm thankful, though, that one of my great tenets of the youth ministry is how can the youth ministry bless and serve the rest of the church? And let me tell you, I do this uh, in three ways. Uh, I try to bless the church. I try to integrate 
the church's theme, its mission, its purpose into the youth ministry DNA. So whatever the church happens to be talking about, maybe throughout the year or their theme or whatever it may be, I try to figure out how to uh, uh, euthanize it, <laughs> sort of, okay? I try to figure out how can I put this in the context that a teenager will understand, and then how do I move that forward? How can we best be able to do that? The second way I do that is serving other ministries in the church from nursery to senior citizens. Just got a text the other day, in fact, uh, that said, I got it today, in fact, and said, listen, can you ask the youth to help with the Easter egg hunt? Absolutely. There is no question. Yes, I will ask them if they can help, be a part. Uh, can you make an announcement about kids? We need kids to be in the drama, Easter drama. Yes, absolutely. Can can we have some kids? Do you have any kids that would help with kids' church? Absolutely. We'll make that happen. So whatever that may be, we try to figure out, I try to figure out, how can we figure out how students can bless the rest of them? Because I want these kids. I want them in there like insurgents. I want them, I want you know, people to see youth serving in all capacities so that, you know, uh, that uh, they're looking and saying, listen, these young people love our church. They're willing to serve anywhere. They're willing to do anything. You know, the third way I try to do this is uh, by creating youth Sundays that will bless the whole congregation. Now, in the past, I've tried to gear it and say, you know, the old attitude was, we're going to show these older people how much younger we are and cooler we are. And in reality, um, that didn't work out so well. I mean, because, I mean, look, <laughs> we didn't get up there and say that. It just seemed to be our attitude, right? It just seemed to be, uh, you know, our our posture is that we were trying to say, look, we, we are something newer and better than what already exists. And what we had to change, and let me rephrase that, what I had to change was we're there to bless the congregation. We're getting up on a Sunday or a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, whatever it may be, and we're saying, look, we're here to bless them. And if that means we do certain songs uh, or don't do certain songs uh, that, that, that our congregation may or may not like or whatever it is, listen, we're going to try to think of our audience. We're going to think of, the, we're going to minister to them. We're not going to try to, you know, convert them into young people. We're going to try to figure out where the gospel is amongst us and in between us and share that and be able to do that, you know? Uh, and the bottom line is, listen, you will never uh, get greater power than you when you are when it's given to you, rather than trying to take it. Okay, when power is given to you, it is such cool power. It is such an honor to receive it. When you when when your opinion is asked, when when you when when the elders of the church or the board or whoever that is say say Paul, what do you think? Let me tell you what. Then you have reached a place where you're no longer fighting, scrapping, and you're on the other side of the fence. You're actually in a place where you could actually do some good. Uh, and rather than trying to grab uh, extra money, extra time, extra power, extra uh, respect, whatever that is, listen, all those things, I believe, come along with the fact that, um, uh, that, that through collaboration, we can do greater things and do greater work. So let me say it again. You and I, as youth workers, we are not powerless, okay? And we got to quit making that excuse. We got to quit saying we're, not, we're powerless. We're not powerless. We have tremendous amount of influence if we are willing to be collaborators uh, instead of instigators, okay? If we're willing to take on the role of, of being a blessing 
rather than trying to, to be takers all the time, let me tell you what, we are going to we are going to have our influences will go up and power will be drawn to us. Um, you know, and listen, it's not that the church won't let you do anything. It's simply that maybe uh, you have a bad definition of maybe what real power looks like. And the process for getting it may be flawed. And so I would ask you to consider, listen, how do you try to get power in your church? How do you try to get that? And is it, are you being successful? Is the fight the way to go? And I'm not saying we shouldn't stand up sometimes and say, listen, the youth would like to be heard. Thank you very much. But the process to get there, the far greater process, the far greater method, if you will, or tactic or whatever you want to call it is simple. We simply got to be givers. We simply got to be better at it by collaborating, by giving, by sharing our hearts, sharing our lives together, and not isolating ourselves. And and that's what it's it, guys. That's what I think it's all about. I think it's all about the collaboration and not about the instigation. So uh, that's it for today, guys. I hope that you'll you'll take that to heart. I hope that uh, uh, that this has been a blessing to you. I hope that you have received today something good. And if you have, by the way, would you please go to iTunes? Would you please give it a a cool star rating? Would you because then it can be found in iTunes and other people can find the podcast and, uh, and and can enjoy it as well. So just leave some stars, leave a comment. That would be awesome. Uh, and guys, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for joining me today, hanging out with me for a little while and enjoying the podcast. I hope uh, that, like I said, it's been a blessing to you. And I will catch you guys next time on the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the podcast that keeps you motivated and keeps your youth ministry moving forward. So until next time, guys, I will catch you guys later.